Well, good morning. It's been a wild week with everything that's going on in the Fraser Valley, uh, and I just want to give you a little quick update on that, that um, we were able, I don't have the final details, last time I checked it was over $3,000 for uh, emergency relief, and I have to say that's impressive. Um, and there are churches that are three, four times our size um, that we are comparable to in giving. So I want to say thank you and that you deserve a round of applause for that. Um, you've probably seen all the news. You've seen all that. Uh, I, Langley itself was extremely flooded, and so I'd had a lot of stuff to deal with that on Monday and Tuesday. Um, as uh, people like to drive their cars into 10 feet of water for some strange reason, because the road used to be there, and then they decide to drive. And I don't know if you know this, but um, combustion engines don't work well underwater. So next time you see a puddle, don't drive in it that it's 10 feet deep. Uh, we did a lot of uh, pulling people out, a lot of life jackets being worn, a lot of wet bodies uh, in the fire service, and I'm sure uh, the province, their emergency relief, Jeff Owens, uh, working like crazy to, around the clock for that, as well as uh, uh, search and rescue, the militaries come in. So continue to pray for all of those people that are dealing with all of that. Um, you know, when, when you drain a lake and try to hold it back, it likes to go where it used to be. Um, so these are part of the problems that uh, we have as humans when we mess around with certain things in nature uh, and causes issues. But here we are. We're going to make it work out. Um, and uh, we just pray for those families that are really impacted that their houses are underwater. I mean, it's crazy. Some people will be losing their homes and they have no choice because it's an emergency thing. They might not even get to go see it. And then, of course, there's all the livestock and all that. So lots going on out there. Please be in prayer. Oh, and um, yeah, so... Uh, the, the, one of the gas stations in Cloverdale ran out of fuel. Let's all just calm down. Now, I know it's not you, but tell your friends, settle down. We've got plenty of fuel. Don't panic. Relax. It's all going to be okay, right? Pandemics, floods, fires. Come on. We got this, right? Yeah. We made it through the pandemic here at the church you made it through it in your own personal lives. We are going to get through it. Yes, uh, we will. And uh, we will hopefully become stronger and wiser um, than we were in the past. So, yeah. So I'm excited today. We're continuing our sermon series. And we're talking about um, the, the great commandment, loving the Lord our God with all our hearts and mind and strength. And last week, we talked about Deuteronomy 6, chapter 6, verse 4, where it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is uh, the Lord is one. And I, wanna, and I focused on that one word, here, because a lot of times we can hear something, um, but we don't always pay attention to it, right? We'll hear lots of things, um, and, and we don't always pay attention to it. Uh, We've we got to begin by accepting that God alone. Let's just start at the very basics. Last week we talked about it. The God alone is the one who deserves to be honored in our lives, uh, and he needs to be honored as God. Um, when we verbalize something and meditate on something and think about something, how many of you have ever bought something, you really wanted something uh, for Christmas or you wanted a birthday present or you wanted whatever, you wanted a car. So let's say you wanted um, a, a, a new electric Tesla. Let's say that's what you wanted. And then all of a sudden you're driving around and what do you see everywhere? Electric Teslas. Never saw them before. Didn't know what they were. 
didn't care, but didn't, didn't know. Or you get some really odd car, like I have a Honda Ridgeline from uh, 20, uh, I don't know, 2009, 7, 8, I don't know what it is. And when you're driving around, once you have that, you notice Honda Ridgelines. And if you, I don't know if you know about this, but anyone who owns a Jeep, they have a secret code. You know this? When they're driving around, they have to wave at each other. There's a secret code with Jeep owners. So when, they're, when a Jeep guy drives by, they're like, hey, what's up? And they're like, oh, yeah, I'm a Jeep guy too. Right on, man. Like, it's a thing because they're focused, right? They're focused on seeing Jeeps. They're focused on whatever we're thinking about. We are focused on that. And it, we carry it out throughout our week, our day. And so when you, when, the, when Scripture says to hear something or listen, to meditate, pay attention, it's for that reason, so that will be the thing that you think about on a regular basis. And you'll notice when God does stuff. And we talked about that, that, like, that last week. And, and like Israel, followers of Christ must see Jesus alone, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. So hear what Scripture has to say. And the only way you can hear that is by being in it by reading it, by meditating on it, by filling your mind with it, so then when you do go out, you don't miss those opportunities of God speaking to you and showing. Do you, I, maybe I'm dating myself, I probably am, I do that a lot, whatever, but have you ever seen those pictures that are just a bunch of blots, a bunch of, like, it's a blur, it's just dots, colored dots. And if you unfocus on those dots, a picture pops up, a picture pops up. It's, it's very similar to that, our relationship with God. Right? If we lose focus, all we see is a mess. We just see a mess. We don't really see the picture. We don't see God in it. We see a mess because we're so focused on what? On the right, like what, what's right in front of us. We're so focused on this. We're busy. We've got stuff going on. That's the busyness, right? That's what we focus on. We focus on our relationships. We focus on uh, our, our jobs. We get distracted. Our, our mind starts racing and we just get off track. But when we focus and listen and hear and watch that painting, a picture pops up. It's the same with Scripture. Not to say that, like, don't go home and say, Mark said if you unfocus and, and kind of whatever, you'll see a, a secret message in the Bible. I didn't say that. What I'm saying is when you read it, when you hear it, you'll get the message because you're focused on it. And you do it daily. And you do it daily. So when you, when you leave here, my job, my plan, my hope is that if I give you one thing, you'll take that and walk out there and you'll see it wherever you go. We have on the doors, above the doors as you leave, it says go and be. And we're going to keep that, but we're going to add to it as you go, be. As you go, wherever you are. Wherever you are. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter if you're halfway across the country. It doesn't matter if you're online. Where you are, where you go. You can make a difference no matter where you are. And so we talked about that last week, and it's really important that we understand uh, that our selfish desires need to be set aside. Um, Christianity today, North American Christianity today, is upsetting. It's, and I've said this before, that it's, it's kind of embarrassing the way Christians have been acting. And I'm not saying all Christians, it's a lot of Christians. Anytime you politicize religion or Christianity, especially Jesus, you're going to find that it's going to go sideways. Because Jesus doesn't care about that stuff. That doesn't mean he doesn't care about our politicians and all that, but he's, he's more worried about you and what you're doing for others and how you're serving. So we talked about Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. And then we move today to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. And it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. Right? That's four. 
5 says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Okay, sounds easy, right? I'll love God with all my heart and my strength. Okay, good God. That means I'll read my Bible sometimes. I'll be like, hey, I'm praying for you. Praise Jesus, everybody. Hey, I'll raise my hands in church. I'll do all the right things. No, that's not what it means. It means with all your soul, with all your might, with all your strength. Now, we're going to move into that a little bit. But if we look at Mark chapter 12, verses 28 to 34, I'm going to read that for you as well. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer. He asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Okay, of all the commandments, a lot. Not just 10, but a bunch of them. A whole bunch of them. There's tons of commandments they had and rules and laws. The most important one, Jesus answers, is this. Now, I didn't, I didn't put this in there. I didn't trick you. Last week, right? Hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. What does Jesus say? The most important one is this. Hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. That's Jesus. What? See how it connects? It amazes me because we fight and argue, and I say we, the general population of Christianity, fights and argues, and, and somebody's already asking the question. Now, they're trying to trick him. These are experts in the law. They know. And Jesus knows his audience. He's like, yeah, you guys know all the laws, but you're missing them. You're not getting it. So this is, here is the Lord, your God is one. And then he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And they're like, Okay, Jesus, good one, good one. You did well there. He gets a pass, right? But Jesus doesn't stop. He says, the second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then he says, there is no commandment greater than these. But, but I have my own personal views on things. Is that, that, that means more than, no, no. Love your neighbor as yourself. There's nothing greater than that. Love God. Love your neighbor. And then he says, well said, teacher. The man replied. It's so funny. Isn't that kind of funny that somebody's saying to God, well said, God. You did good today. Come back tomorrow. I'll try and stump you. You were right in saying that God is one and that there is no, uh, no other but him. To love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, and with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. It's more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, Jesus said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And from then on, no one dared ask him any more questions. And this, that, I, I like that part. From that point forward, no one dared to ask him any more questions. Why? Because they were personally challenged by Jesus. Jesus went, well, it's pretty simple. Love God, Old Testament. Love your neighbor as yourself. Pretty simple. And uh, there's nothing else uh, greater than this. And they're all like, oh, he's right. Jesus did it again. He's right. Loving God with our entire being is the key to true worship. It doesn't mean you have to be flashy when we're singing songs. It doesn't mean... You have to be somber. It means you have to be you. You have to be true to who you are and how you express your feelings. Some people are more reserved. Some people are more flamboyant when they worship. But the key to it is being authentic and worshiping God and being authentic. It's the key. 
And if we're to love God, then we must figure out what it looks like to love him completely without reservation and with our entire being. It's not that hard for you to picture immersing a donut in a cup of coffee. Now, I don't dip, I don't dip my donuts, okay? But people do it. I've seen it. I don't get it. Just buy a coffee donut, but whatever. They dip. You could say cookie. It's not too hard to just, you get it, right? Immersion. The idea of a person fully immersing themselves into the worship of God is really difficult for us to understand. Because we have all these other external rules. We've got social rules. Do I look silly? Uh, do, I, do, I, do I put my hands up here? Do I put them down here? I'm not quite sure. What do I do with these? Do I do one? Because I'm just kind of casual and I like to put my hand in my pocket. What, what do we do? What do we do with these things? Well, you, you do you. And you worship how you want to worship. There's times I've been in worship and Michelle used to ask me, you, you just seemed like you weren't into it. And then I would be standing there the whole time doing this. It had nothing to do with anything else. I was actually worshiping, but I was in thought. I was in godly thought. And I just stood there and stared uh, because I was trying to focus on, on, on it. And, and, and God was speaking to me and I was just, there was a lot going on in my head. And, and there are times that I raise my hands and there are times I don't. But it's, it, I want to give what I need to give to God as best I can. And so God expects us and he's very clear in this to worship him with our entire being, whatever that looks like. Today we're going to see two baptisms. They're going to immerse themselves in water. We, we, we get that part, right? We get it, immersion in water. But immersion in worship, we've got to figure out what that looks like. It's our definition of worship that needs to be adjusted. And we'll do another message on that. But our definition of worship, reading scripture, devotionals, talking with God, prayer, meditation, quiet time, serving. That's all worship. And to each of us, it looks different. One commentator says it this way, the the extent of man's love for God was to be total. Israel was to love God with their whole being. The expression with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might is a favorite one in Deuteronomy chapter 4, chapter 10, 11, 13, 26, 30, and 6, sorry, chapter 30, verses 2, 6, and 10. And it gives some insight to the ancient Hebrew psychology of how they thought. The term soul, like the, sorry, the heart was regarded as the seat of the mind and will as well as of a wide range of emotions. It all talked about the heart. So when you read in Scripture and it says, my heart longs or my soul, it's It's everything. And the term soul is difficult to define, but it seems to refer to the source of life and vitality of one's being. The two terms, heart and soul, indicate that man's love for God has to be without reservation and full devotion. And then to add to it more, they add a third expression to say, with all your might or with all your strength. And we read in scriptures sometimes when they would where they'd be worshiping, they'd be wailing, and they would be tearing their clothes, and they would be trying to express themselves in such a way that was everything they had. And I believe that God is worthy of all of our devotion. All that he has done and all that he does and will do deserves our entire being to worship him. 
When we sing, we give, we serve, and live as people who know God, it's good and it's worthy of praise. And the Jewish people knew that such, that, such a unique, generous, and dependable God deserves their total, not partial, allegiance. And so we need to love him with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our strength. Christians, Christian love simply means that we treat others the way God treated us. Wherever we were, whatever our background, however we act, however we continue to act, God loves us. In his love, God is kind. He is forgiving towards us. So we seek to be kind and forgiving towards others. But that's difficult. It's difficult. But God wants the very best for us. He wills the very best for us, so we desire the very best for others, not just ourselves. We want others to do well, even if it demands sacrifice on our own part. And I could go off on the last 20 months of how selfishness is rampant. We could look back to a toilet paper fiasco where people were loading up on this stuff. I'm like, first of all, you have a bowel problem if you need that much toilet paper. Because that's ridiculous. Now it's gasoline. There's canned goods in some of the areas are wiped out. And then, of course, the gasoline issue around here. Good thing I bought Michelle an electric car. Like, what is going on when we hoard and are selfish? And then when it comes to vaccines, yes, I get it. I get it. There's a, there's a whole bunch of issues. You, you put in whatever you want to put in your body. That's fine. But, but the thing is, it's there to help others. It's a, and, and you know what? If I grow a third arm out of the front of my chest because of a vaccine, but it helped stop a virus from killing somebody, then guess what? I got a third arm. Pretty cool. I'm going to hold my coffee cup right here while I'm waving my hands around. <laughs> and just so you know, and I make this public, I have booked my third vaccine. Okay? No, you don't have to clap for that. But I, I booked it because I believe in it. You decide. Your choice. And, 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 and that's okay. I've said that before. You make your decision based on what you know. But please make a decision and then adjust. You know, people have talked about their rights being um, restricted. Well, I, no one ever told me it's my right to go into a restaurant. Actually, it's the opposite. Do you know that any business like place, businessman or whatever, woman, can say to you, get out of my store, I reject, you can't be in here for whatever reason. They can say, I refuse to serve you. They, so you don't have a right to be there. If there's a health issue, it's not a right. It's a privilege. Just like a driver's license, we think it's a right. It's a privilege. They can take it away anytime they want. Any license you have, your passport, all that stuff, they can take it away. It's not a right. It's a privilege. And so I feel, as a first responder, as well as a minister, that it is my right as a Christian to lay down my life for others. I must do it. Because Jesus said I had no choice in the matter. 
I do have a choice to serve him. But if I do choose to serve him, I follow what he says. And what did he say? Love God, love your neighbor as yourself. Which means I need to, even to the point of sacrifice. Because what did Jesus do? Died on the cross. That's the ultimate sacrifice. This is basic Christianity. The North American Christianity is forgot because of their rights. Now I'm all for you know, making sure justice is served. And I'm all for making sure that people are, are uh, not abandoned, those most vulnerable. But there comes a point in time where you lay down your rights for others. And this was the time. This was the time, and many missed it. And the, the, the frustrating thing about social media is once you post something that, that's non-scientific and sounds silly, it's there forever. You can delete it all you want, but it's, gonna, it's there. And we got to be careful as Christians. Love isn't simply an exotic feeling. Love leads to actual action. For God so loved that he gave. I, I didn't write this. The virtues of love are listed in 1 Corinthians 13, four, uh, verses 4 and 7, how we treat people and not just how we feel about them. And everyone loves uh, Corinthians, the love, the love chapter. But the commandment to love God is his call to immerse ourselves completely in him in the person of God, and to allow ourselves to be loved in return. To, that's a key, to allow ourselves to be loved in return. Loving God is a choice. But once you make that choice, it's a sacrificial choice. And it will require everything you are. But as this, it is this love alone that will ensure that you can fully worship God. God. And so today, we have two people that are going to make a choice. And you have a choice every day. Every time you wake up, every time you get out of bed and your feet touch the ground, you have a choice on what you're going to do. Are you going to serve him sacrificially? Or is it going to be about you? And we're harping on this because Christianity is frustrating me right now. Uh, there's a quote by Brennan Manning. He's a, you know, he's, a, he's a writer and a priest and all that. He says, The greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who, who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. This is what an unbelieving world simply finds un. Believable. What are we going to do about that? This statement, it's, it's not, it wasn't written just recently. It was written a while ago. What are we going to do about that? We're going to be an example when we go out, when we serve. We're going to have more patience in the lineups. I took Michelle to the Christmas market. What a zoo in Vancouver. I don't know about that. But many of you know that I don't like lines, but I, I sacrificed, sacrificed for her. I don't like shoulder-to-shoulder and lineups. I don't like long ones that have to wait. I don't like any of that. It's just like, ah, I'm looking for exits. Where can we get out of here the fastest possible? I waited 
almost 45 minutes to an hour for pierogies. I don't even like pierogies, to be honest with you. But it was for her. I laid down my life for her. People were gnawing each other's arms off in the lineups. They were so hungry. <laughs> but I decided that I was going to not get frustrated with people. And I have to say, I think everybody in the public was actually in a really good mood that day because everybody just, hey, it's first time out, let's just enjoy this. Everybody was talking, everybody's in good moods. It was a positive thing. But I've been when it's not so positive. Somebody cuts in front of you and somebody loses their mind. It's like, if you really wanted that schnitzel, I'll grab it for you on the way. I'll buy you one. Just calm down, right? But are we sacrificing our own personal wants and needs? And it's hard to do it. It's, it's not easy. Like, it's easy to say it, but to actually go out there and live it when people are being people and people are messy is difficult. How do you get through it? Well, when you hear the word of God daily and you have it on your heart, meaning it's with you where you go, it will come to you and God will say, be patient and loving as I was for you because you weren't so sweet either, right? So as we move into this new season, we're going to be going into Christmas, huh? Mm-hmm, 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 yeah. And... I think we should be showing what the true, what true Christians are, are like when we go out there, when we're out and about in school, at work, wherever we are, loving, kind, accept, like accepting of others, and, and also when we make a mistake, owning up to it. Those are all tough things, all tough things. It's not easy, but what's your choice? It's an everyday thing. It's actually an every minute by minute, and then it becomes an every hour by hour, and then it'll become day by day. You, you'll be better at it. But if you don't look to the Word, if you don't hear it, hero Israel, if you don't keep it in your thoughts and in your minds, you will forget it. And then you will wonder, where is God? And he, he will tell you, I'm in the same place I always was. Let me pray. Father, thank you for this day. And as we move forward, as we leave this place, help us to be focused on you. Help us to be an example and show the love that you showed to us, the sacrifice that you sacrificed to us, so that those out in the world that find Christianity unbelievable help us to make it so real that they can help but believe it's true. In Jesus' name. Everyone said... Amen.